Welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation to join this Bible study and reflection for June 23rd, 2021. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Most merciful God and creator of heaven and earth, we thank you for your word where you speak to us and point us in the direction of your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to constantly study and discern, and we pray that through the study and discernment of your word, we interpret it correctly. We ask this prayer in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you will indulge me today, I'm going to depart from my normal Bible study and reflection. And I promise you 15 minutes will not be enough time to fully develop the topic I'm covering today. So I hope you will continue digging, studying, and discerning the meaning of our subject today. I'm going to read an article written by N.T. Wright, an Anglican theologian, regarding his biblically-based beliefs about heaven. It is my hope that this will not be a one-and-done after you listen. After I read the article, you may want to hit pause on this podcast and shake your head in disbelief and say, that can't be the case because that's not what I learned growing up. If you do that, trust me, you're not alone. If you do hit pause temporarily, I encourage you to hit play again and ponder the supporting scripture I've selected. I would encourage you to discuss, and yes, even challenge, Dr. Wright's interpretation, either individually or in small groups. Hopefully, this will help us all grow into our church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. And the article begins, The New Testament doesn't say what most people think it does about heaven. One of the central stories of the Bible, many people believe, is that there is a heaven and an earth and that human souls have been exiled from heaven and are serving out time here on earth until they can return. Indeed, for most Christians, modern Christians that is, the idea of going to heaven when you die is not simply one belief among others, but the one that seems to give a point to it all. But the people who believed in that kind of heaven when the New Testament was written were not the early Christians. They were the middle Platonist, people like Plutarch, who was a younger contemporary of St. Paul, who was a philosopher, biographer, essayist, and pagan priest in Delphi. To understand what the first followers of Jesus believed about what happens after death, we need to read the New Testament in its own world, the world of Jewish hope, of Roman imperialism, and of Greek thought. The followers of the Jesus movement that grew up in the complex environment saw heaven and earth, God's space and ours, if you like, as the twin halves of God's good creation. Rather than rescuing people from the latter in order to reach the former, the Creator God would finally bring heaven and earth together in a great act of new creation, completing the original 
creative purpose by healing the entire cosmos of its ancient ills. They believed that God would then raise his people from the dead to share in and indeed to share his stewardship over this rescued and renewed creation. And they believed all of this because of Jesus. They believed that with the resurrection of Jesus, this new creation had already been launched. Jesus embodied in himself the perfect fusion of heaven and earth. In Jesus, therefore, the ancient Jewish hope had come true at last. The point was not for us to, quote, go to heaven, end quote, but for the life of heaven to arrive on earth. Jesus taught his followers to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as in heaven. From as early as the third century, some Christian teachers tried to blend this with types of platonic belief, generating the idea of leaving earth and going to heaven, which became mainstream by the Middle Ages. But Jesus' first followers never went that route. Israel's scriptures had long promised that God would come back in person to dwell with his people forever. The early Christians picked up on, picked this up. The word became flesh, as declared in John 1.14, and dwelt in our midst. The word for dwelt means literally tabernacled. He pitched his tent, alluding to the wilderness, tabernacle in the time of Moses, and the temple built by Solomon. Studying the New Testament historically in its own world, as opposed to squashing and chopping it to fit with our own expectations, shows that the first Christians believed not that they would go to heaven when they died, but that in Jesus, God had come to live with them. That was the lens through which they saw the hope of the world. The book of Revelation ends not with souls going up to heaven, but with the new Jerusalem coming down to earth, so that the dwelling of God is with humans. The whole creation, declares St. Paul, will be set free from its slavery to corruption to enjoy God's intended freedom. God will then, God will then be all in all. It's hard for us moderns to grasp this, so many hymns, prayers, and sermons still speak of us going to heaven. But it makes historical sense and shed lights on everything else. What then was the personal hope for Jesus' followers? Ultimately, resurrection, a new and immortal physical body in God's new creation. But after death and before the final reality, a period of blissful rest. Quote, today, end quote, says Jesus to the criminal alongside him. You will be with me in paradise. My desire, says St. Paul, facing possible execution, is to depart and be with the Messiah, which is far better. In my father's house, Jesus assured his followers, are many waiting rooms. These are not the final destination. They are the temporary resting place ahead of the ultimate new creation. Historical study, reading the New Testament in its own world, 
thus bring surprises that can have an impact on modern Christianity too. Perhaps the most important is a new, or rather very old, way of seeing the Christian mission. If the only point is to save souls from the wreck of the world so they can leave and go to heaven, why bother to make this world a better place? But if God is going to do for the whole creation what he did for Jesus in his resurrection to bring them back here on earth, then those who have been rescued by the gospel are called to play a part right now in the advanced renewal of the world. God will put the whole world right, this worldview says, and in justification, he puts people right by the gospel to be part of his putting right project for the world. Christian mission includes bringing real advanced signs of new creation into the present world in healing, in justice, in beauty, in celebrating the new creation and lamenting the continuing pain of the old. The scriptures always promised that when the life of heaven came to earth through the work of Israel's Messiah, the weak and the vulnerable would receive special care and protection, and the desert would blossom like the rose. Care for the poor and the planet then becomes central, not peripheral, for those who intend to live in faith and hope by the Spirit between the resurrection of Jesus and the coming renewal of all things. N.T. Wright also wrote a book I read titled Surprised by Hope. In it, he goes into much more depth than this article I just read. Another book I recommend is written by Randy Alcorn, and it is titled Heaven. I read this book about five or six years ago, and it really gave me a new perspective for the meaning of heaven. Now, Randy Alcorn spent 25 years of biblical research before writing the book. It is my hope that this will spur you into deeper examination and study of God's Word. The Bible truly is a unifying story that leads to Jesus. And, of course, I would encourage you to go to BibleProject.com and search for and watch a short video titled Heaven and Earth. And now here's some supporting scripture that I think is important. The first is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, one single verse, 17. And it's titled, New Heavens and a New Earth. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. And then again in Isaiah 66, verse 22. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure. And now a reading from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. 
Now, something to keep in mind as I read scripture from Revelation. In the Hebrew Bible, the chaotic sea, as in Revelation 21.1, and the darkness of night, referred to in Revelation 22.5, are usually both sources of death. And here is a reading from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And now reading from Revelation chapter 23, excuse me, 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Creator, we thank you for bringing heaven to earth in and through your Son, Jesus Christ, almost 2,000 years ago. The renewal of humanity began when Jesus brought your kingdom to earth. Help us, O oh Lord, to be compassionate to our neighbors and good stewards with your earth. So much is yet to be revealed to us, but we do take comfort through the scriptures that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.